0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah! No Cowboys? This is Girls Talk Boys Talk. Presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. And broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star.
1: Victory Monday, Cowboys Nation. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and Dak the Halls with a win (laughs) for a 40-burger. Your Dallas Cowboys coming up on top. Not that we ever doubted that they would against the Philadelphia Eagles. Feeling very good this Monday. I am Jess Navarra's joined by two incredible ladies as always. We have Christy Scales and Aisha Morrison here. Ladies, first of all, how was your holiday weekend? Did you all get to enjoy not only that win, but some family time, some maybe recharge time? How was it for you, Christy? Uh, let's see. We
2: had 23 guests at our house for Christmas. Twenty-three? Fa- family, family and friends. Oh, so, yes, yeah, it was awesome. That's like ultimate. That's
1: yeah. like ultimate. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, it
2: was amazing. And, and with the win and, and just the enthusiasm. and But knowing that it, it's a short week, and I know we'll talk about that later, but I mean, as soon as Christmas was over, and then this morning it's hitting the ground, running on Monday with the yeah. with a quick turnaround because we got to leave Wednesday for uh, Nashville, so we're trying to cram everything in after enjoying the weekend.
1: There you go, Aisha. We we talked on the phone earlier, but how was your holiday weekend? It was good. I recharged, cleaned my house, did
2: laundry.
3: <laughs>
1: That's important. Watched Christmas movies
2: and uh, what y'all like. No, <laughs> okay. What's the best Christmas movie? Oh,
3: the best one.
2: Man. The best one? Mm-hmm. Or your favorite. Mm. This is hard. Stop it. Medea's Christmas. No. is Jazzy, our producer.
1: Medea. Medea's
3: Christmas. That's I don't Jazzy's. Know. I don't know uh-huh. if it's a Christmas movie to everybody else, but Friday After Next is a Christmas movie in the black community. Uh-huh. And and there you I, go. Yeah. Absolutely. It. Well, BET got it on repeat right now, so i watched that. There you go. Elf i watched a couple of hallmark movies i was trying to get the spirit I
1: love a hallmark christmas movie oh my goodness i'm a sucker for that yeah but. so
3: like i didn't i didn't really grow up celebrating christmas so i'm just now and all my time with the military i was away yeah. for holidays so i'm just now getting in the feel of like trying to i was supposed to go to st louis but the flights were all canceled so mm-hmm. i stayed home and got to recharge and it was good for me I'm very happy about it which is
1: important <laughs> you have to recharge you have to rest you have to listen when your body's telling you you need to just take a few Sit down and uh, rest it's a it's a long rest of the season ahead because we it feels like we're just getting started a new little wind uh, if you will after that Eagles win and so again a final score of 40 34 um, the Cowboys This is incredible, just the way things have panned out this season, because the Cowboys, believe it or not, still in the running for an NFC East title if all goes their way, if they win out the rest of the season and if Philly loses out the rest of the season. Now, keep in mind, it's going to be interesting to get there. Uh, Cowboys obviously playing the Titans this week, and then they go uh, both away. So last home game at AT&T Stadium for now. I'm going to say for now because I'm hopeful for some playoff uh, <laughs> at-home action, selfishly. Um, and I believe I wrote down who Philly plays this They've week. They've got uh, New Orleans. They play the there you go. yeah. New mm-hmm. Orleans, and then the week after that, they played the Giants. Um, so interesting little track of events, but I will say I was just very happy um, that Philadelphia did not get to uh, solidify the first place, place for the NFC East in the Cowboys locker room. I didn't want those ugly hats and shirts anywhere near AT&T Stadium. Get them out of here unless it's getting to the Cowboys. I don't want it. Not but ugly. It, if it is Philly runs the East, that's ugly to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, hey, initial reactions to this game. How are you all feeling? Christy, what was it like for you uh, seeing this game, especially coming off of that Jags game? I know it was a bit uh, of a low and then to see the the guys really perform like they did over the weekend.
2: Yeah, I think that the uh, interception return for touchdown on Dex <laughs> what, fourth pass or third yeah. pass, uh, you know, it's, I think a lot of people thought, here we go again, but the way that they were able to answer after that, and then it's like, okay, game on. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it was, and after the, after that it was more like a tennis match with each offense <laughs> going up and down, you know, side to side. And and uh, I really thought that this would be more of a defensive struggle with two of the top defenses in the league in, in terms of takeaways, in mm. terms of sacks and uh, good against third down and things like that. And, uh, boy, was I totally wrong on that. But um, the resilience uh, that has been the theme of this year, I thought, oh, was our fully word. on display. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. our word. <laughs> what
1: about you, Aisha? What was your initial reaction to this game? I know we had talked a lot about it beforehand, but how are you feeling about what you saw just right off the bat? Um, you just saw, you saw a
3: team that had five key starters out. And, like, it felt like they really understood the moment. Like, every – there's so many plays you can take from this game that you say, dang, the game could have went different if this didn't happen, if he didn't get this turnover, if he didn't get this fumble, if they don't convert here. And it really felt like the offense and the defense understood the moment in a lot of key spots and were able to take advantage of the turnovers, were able to take advantage of – the opportunities they got because there weren't a whole bunch. I mean, they were, <laughs> like like you just talked about, I personally felt like the Cowboys' defense might have struggled in spots, was going to struggle in spots. But the Eagles' defense, the way the, uh, the Cowboys' offense was able to move the ball in this Eagles' defense is something to be talked about because it, even though they lost Maddox in that game, who's a key starter, and I believe Davis got banged up in that game as well, mm-hmm. Jordan Davis, they were completely healthy on that side of the ball. Yeah. And they are what... And they
2: stopped the run. Absolutely. I mean, they sold out to stop the run. Absolutely. And they did a good job. They stopped
3: yep. the run. But I was just... I was... I don't know. I felt like... Again, I felt
2: like the Cowboys understood the moment and they seized it in key spots. Yeah. And but what do you say about with the takeaways and stuff? And it was it was the style of those. It was mm. the physical it was, part of it. With J Ron Kirst literally yes. ugh, over the receiver, Quez Watkins, yep. stealing the ball away from him just as Duron Bland did. And so the physical nature I, I come back to that because uh, maybe about Ten minutes before kickoff, I do my final thing as part of Cowboys radio, and it's like final keys to the game. And I have all my notes set up, just kind of like here today, but all set up on the uh, trainer's table behind the Cowboys bench, and it's behind where the defensive linemen sit. And so, Coach Dirty, Addin Dirty, the defensive line coach, always plops down right there. So, I'm like, okay, get ready for my <laughs> final shot. What's your, what's your you know, what's your key? He's like, this is going to be the most physical game of the year.
1: Oh, it was. and what? Yeah, and not just because division rival,
2: not just because of division rival, but it's like, and then the way that it played out, and as I go yeah. back to the even just the style of the takeaways and And Coach was right.
1: Yeah, and for me, what's impressive, too, is the amount of points that this team continues to put on the board. I mean, a 40-burger against Philadelphia Eagles just tastes so much better. (laughs) Um, But I was just going back. And so since Dak returned um, post-injury, these are the amount of points that have been put on the board. 24, 49, 28, 40, 28, 54, 27, 34, and now 40, averaging about 36 uh, points per game just within that two month
2: period. So okay. how is that possible, Jess? Because I thought that Dak was throwing interceptions every other <sighs> pass.
3: Me
1: too. I mean, oh my goodness, <laughs> and that, that's crazy. Because right. I've been hearing
2: that like it's
3: Dak, <laughs> Dak is he going to play like this every week? And like, it's I'm like, wild. Dude, let's hope so. Minus the <laughs> interceptions he's been putting on displays. I think this is one of his yeah. and he was
1: dealing. And what but- I really appreciate too about what we do on this show specifically is we break down those interceptions and we can say, hey, you know, this one wasn't on him but Listening to Dak post game, he said, "Like I just have to be better. That can't happen." this one This one was. Yeah, he didn't. He
2: didn't. He just threw the ball too flat. And, yeah, and Josh Sweat made a great athletic a play to go up and get it. But Schultz, that would that would have been a 30-yard gain yeah. if Dak could have gotten some air it under it and design. locked it a yeah. little yeah. more. Yeah, right. and and mm-hmm.
1: the thing about that too is. You know, okay, the interception happened, and like you said, everyone's like, "Oh, I was, I was at the game, and everyone around, ah, oh, here we go again." You know, Cowboys and the, fans, and the Eagles
2: fans are going oh, nuts because there were a lot know of what? Eagles fans. Can
1: I just say, Eagles <laughs> fans are so exhausting to be around. Oh my goodness, they, there was so many, and they were just talking and talking the whole Bass game. Luckily, it. I was surrounded by Cowboys fans this time. Sometimes I'm not so lucky, but, um, you know what I really liked is the resilience that this theme just continues to radiate in it. It's it's just funny to me how things have played out that Mike McCarthy had no idea what the course of this season would be when picking that theme. And Dak just absolutely showing his resilience uh, with the way he played after, which will break down in just a few. But yeah, I mean, I, I think this game overall shows exactly this what this team's strengths are when they're playing them up, when they're executing, when they're finishing plays and when everybody is communicating well. Because going into this game, my biggest concern was to see if the communication factor was there. Absolutely looks like that communication is there with Dak. And with Dak to CD. oh my goodness, hello, wide receiver one. Have yourself a day because that was incredible. Just Ceedee Lamb and the confidence he's playing with right now. But we're going to go ahead and take our first break because we want to get right into breaking down this game. We're going to talk all about the Cowboys making history once again with this win over the Eagles. Find out what that means and more in just a bit. This is Girls Talk Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw to girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys these two are on a little snack break right now so in yeah. the meantime i'm gonna read this nice but, little but, ad but break they cowboys christmas stars I, they're very cute i don't know jazzy can Monday. you see this can you zoom in on this look how cute those are they're very cute, but let's cut to an ad break so they can finish their little snack. Um, <laughs> okay. If you need a last-minute holiday gift idea, give the gift of the Cowboys with the Dallas Cowboys United membership. Gift your super fan an annual fan club membership and fan pack for as little as $20. Tis the season. And learn more at dallascowboys.com slash united. So very good stuff there. Uh, very good snacks. At, it was uh, good. Next break. I'm coming for you, little star pretzel. Um, but I, I kind of alluded to this team making history. And what I think a lot of people tend to forget is we hear these things every week. We see them on the you know, post-game packages every week of, hey, the Cowboys team did this this week. First time in NFL history, team history. And it kind of just all mushes together where you realize how you don't realize how important that is and how special that is all within one season. Um, so Christy always sends us those postgame notes, which I appreciate so yes, much. Christy, ma'am. you're the best. Um, but I thought I'd read this one to kick off this segment. So after scoring 40 points on Saturday, which we were just talking about, the Cowboys have scored 25 plus points in eight consecutive games. The most consecutive games with 25 or more points In team history that of course according to Cowboys PR big shout out to them for that so with that let's jump back into our conversation about offensive performance um, and really what we saw so far because again a lot of conversation with the uh, offense throughout the season and I think now what we're seeing are those edges being uh, cleaned up a little bit you're seeing Everything coming together for the first time. So I just wanted to get initial reactions on that. Specifically, something we've been talking about is we want to see the Cowboys off to a quicker start. How do you feel like that played out for them? Do you feel like there was a quick start? Do you, do you feel like that's still something that needs work? Christy, how are you feeling about that? And then we'll jump to
2: Aisha. Well, the, you know, it started uh, – the first possession ends with the interception returned for a touchdown. But, uh, you know, the way that they were – respond, the way they responded is what was so important. And the fact that the Cowboys only punted one time in the game, uh, scored on eight different possessions. The only time they didn't score was the one punt. They had the turnover and then kneel downs at the end of the first and second half. So um, what I was impressed about was the way – that it was so tough to run the ball, such a physical game, not a lot of yards after contact. That very first play from scrimmage for the Cowboys where Zeke uh, might have even lost a yard, but the safety is coming up on a run blitz, and it's like, oh, man, I'm thinking this is going to be one of these games. But the way that uh, Dak was able to respond, and C.D., you know, catching the majority of the targets, you know what, he ended up with 10 catches, is that right? Yeah, 10, targets. But here's uh, on 11 targets. But Dak was still able to spread the ball around, and then when you needed it, you had the tight ends getting involved more later in the game and then Gallup being used better this week than he was the previous week. And then, of course, T.Y. Hilton, only two targets and arguably two of the biggest plays of the game where he draws the pass interference penalty on fourth and eight, and then on third and 30 catches a 52-yard bomb down the left sideline. So it was the way that – they were able to spread the ball around but still did enough in the running game to yes. keep it. you know you still had to they be consistent with enough. it just enough and the other thing was something that we weren't seeing middle of the season after Dak came back Dak going ahead and tucking it and keeping it yeah. a few times and a- yards. A- able yeah yeah he he and i think the Cowboys barely had over 100 yards rushing but Dak had over 40 of those yep. and so um but we weren't seeing him tucking it as much uh, earlier in the season, and so I thought that made a big difference yesterday, uh, Saturday, in terms of being able to sustain some drives.
3: No, yeah, to your point, I thought it was really important. I was fussing. There were points in the game I was fussing because I was like, "What are they doing all this thing on running for? You passing the ball at will." But then when I started looking at it, especially as you got later in that game. They were using play action and stuff to get the tight ends involved and stuff. So, like, to your point, I appreciate Kellen being, you know, steadfast with continuing to run the ball, even though the pass was just there on so many different levels yesterday. Um, How long has it been since Dak? Well, you said eight weeks now? Eight weeks. Eight weeks. Yep. In a regular season, if your quarterback starts week one, right, week eight is when you start saying, okay, they should be in what? Mid-season form, right? Mm-hmm. This offense looks oh, like it's coming point. into mid-season yep. form. This offensive line, even though they have their few hiccups, you can see the communication. Tyron played a big brunt of the game, like most of the game. He I played think. 100%. Yeah, he played the yep. whole game, took all the snaps at right tackle. He's going to continue to get better. You're just starting to see – them click like I really feel like yeah. as an offense completely they're clicking, but the quarterback is dialed in. He has such control over what's going on um at that line of scrimmage, and I'm I, that's what I think is happening with this offense. Is yeah, that they're they're really this is the time you're supposed to pick up and it looks like the chemistry is starting to be there just how impressive was the the TY Hilton oh my pass goodness. these yeah. guys have been with each other for what they said 10, ten days. days 10 days and Dak talk, even he lit up in his his um his, yeah. uh, interview with Aaron Andrews like yeah we've been practicing that we've been practicing that yeah. and and if you look at the personnel that was even on the field they they went for that bomb like oh, Turpin against w-
2: Darius Slay. Yeah, I mean ter- yep. yeah yep.
3: <laughs> yeah they went at like once yeah once uh, Maddox went down they went at that other safety often in this game. However, Turpin was right next to Ty there. They were looking for the deep shot and to me, I don't know about y'all. I don't know about when has this offense done things? On the third and 30, I was expecting, and I think the Eagles were expecting something conservative, something yeah. underneath, like, let's just get yeah, off the play field, field position. Punt, mm-hmm. whatever, and they said, uh-uh, no, we're going to go for it right yeah. here. Well, and that w- and
1: what I appreciated, too, was Mike McCarthy was asked about this in his press conference, and he said, it was a situational call, and I just said, get a runner, take a shot. Well, there's your runner, and your shot was worth shooting mm-hmm. at that yeah. point. it's and, a nine route. It's yeah. just
2: it's just a go, and, and honestly, it's so funny, because I'm talking with our producer up in the <laughs> booth and he's like oh my god third and 30 i'm like chunk it deep to ty and get a get yeah. a pass interference penalty you got nothing to lose I mean, he was and, and, and yeah. i mean i never thought that it would be completed or that slay would get caught looking in the backfield i mean what a you know this is a pro bowl guy and yeah. mccarthy was saying last week that you know was one of the best cornerbacks of his generation you know but anyway but it was it was a great play and, yeah. and such a uh just see the response from the crowd i i thought that was the did you feel that Jess? was that oh was my that goodness. the most exciting moment of the whole game
1: i think so i like there was there was a few ups and downs through the course of it but i think at one point because it happened right right in front of us really where the section was that we were sitting and it happened so fast. I don't think we realized that he actually caught it until he stood up. We saw everybody else's reaction. So there was like a quick moment of silence of did he catch that? And then once you realize, I mean, everybody erupted. It was so like you can hear was, it on the
3: broadcast. I heard it on the broadcast. But yeah. he was so confident all week. But he had been coming. He knew. He I knew. was like y'all, like this man's about to take the roof off for real. And I was, I was just surprised. For me, as a, like as be- someone who's been watching the Cowboys all this time, I think that was Dax biggest throw his deepest throw I think he had 62 air yards on that I have not like next gen stats says that he had what 62 I wouldn't say this is 62.1 yards it traveled yeah he put everything he could into that throw and I think he's he seems excited to have a deep threat I'm serious like he hasn't had a lot of I think they've had success throwing the ball deep with Michael Gallup and stuff like that sometimes CD in spots but to have a guy that can just go do that it could really open up this offense. It's important for sure. them to put that on tape so these DBs can take a step. Ahead.
1: I also think, too, when it comes to Dak, and, and we're going back to the resilience that he showed after that interception, that's a perfect example of him being aggressive, and it it works. And so, um, you know, I, I wanted to mention that after that um interception Dak did not throw another incomplete pass until less than two minutes into the second quarter when it was an incomplete pass to michael gallup in the end zone to which everybody noticed the sun was in his eyes from the windows uh at AT at&t stadium i am now officially calling that sun gate 2022 um christy what could you see from that was there nothing because you're looking into the sun oh there you go no uh you
2: know here's the thing and this it comes up every year yeah and why didn't Jerry put a curtain up there? Yes, curtains exist. They do use them for concerts and things like that. But um, and I know that some people get tired of hearing about it, or think it's belly aching, or that the reporters are exaggerating the effects. I'm telling you, it is blinding. Yeah. It is. It, it is so much worse than what you imagine it would be. And it's the the one place that you did not want to throw that ball in that situation was that particular corner, left corner of the end zone on a fade route or a corner route. Do not throw a fade right there. And even though it was just that one or two minutes where it was in that exact spot – you know, just as a, a play caller, and I, I'm sure that Kellen Moore, he, the coordinators, uh, did not have a press conference today, Monday afternoon, as they normally would, because it's a short work week. But I'm sure that Kellen would be asked about it, and he would probably say, "Oh, I wish I had that one over. Do not throw it to that exact spot, uh, because um, you just you, you could see that Gallup. He kind of moved his hands to try to he lost it, and so." Um, yeah, that was that was very unfortunate because just about any other route on any other spot of the field would yeah. have been okay.
1: And that's a catch he would usually make. Absolutely. And uh, you could see when went back to rewatch the game on TV, you can see just the, yeah, the, the disorientation from not being able to see. So, Sungate 2022, everybody. <laughs> exactly, uh, yeah. There you have it. Something else that was a point of conversation last week was the offensive line rotation. Really not just last week, the last couple of weeks. This O-line is so... Sturdy. Oh my goodness! What I like too is listening on the broadcast. I think it was Greg Olson that said um, he calls it the Hall of Fame, um, the gold jacket, the gold jacket uh, O line. You saw it on display with that Zeke. I was gonna say you you see it on full display when they know they need they need it done. It's just it's incredibly amazing to see how easy it looks for them knowing it's a hard job but how easy they make it look in person that was the one and only play that jason peters came in on tyron smith
2: played 100 percent of snaps at right tackle but jason peters reported in on that goal line situation and was an extra blocker on the left side and as you noted they uh, ran behind him And Tyler Smith, really good uh, block from Sean McCune as an extra tight end on that. And easy, as Brad Sham and Cowboys Radio would say, walk the dog. That was an easy (laughs) walk the dog uh, touchdown. But, yes, to have their three gold jackets on the line on that particular play, Zach Martin's a future Hall of Famer, Jason Peters certainly. And, of course, uh, we all think Tyron Smith will be in too. But um, I'm going to be really interested to see if Tyron – how much the Cowboys, are they going to go ahead and hmm. on this short week and having the short turnaround playing Thursday night in Tennessee, are they going to give him 100% of snaps? Or are they going to go back to a rotation? Sure. And we can talk later about what we think Tennessee's going to do since the game Thursday night doesn't impact them as much. They're having to play the – Jaguars in week uh, 17 18 excuse me final game of the season and that's going to determine everything so uh, there may be parts of this game that could look like a preseason game on Thursday night in the second half we'll have to wait and see about that but I I wonder if you would you know Coach McCarthy said last week because I I asked him about Tyron Smith are you going to rotate for him and stuff and he says we're playing to win this game meaning he ain't coming out. Yeah. Unless there's an injury. And so I, I just wonder what the approach will be this Thursday.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, I wanted to comment on the offensive line. Is that is that cool? Yeah. yeah that's I, I, I want to hear it. I'm pulling up some stats right no, now. So, I didn't, I didn't want to interfere with. Uh, you do the, your thing. We love it. Okay. No. I you wanna, are the
1: flow. You, like,
3: please. <laughs> you mentioned Tyler Smith and I felt like. He had a pretty good game, he man. Like, yeah. He was dominant in spots in the run game. And dealing with Josh Sweat is no joke. Um, he gave up the sack. He had one pressure. For the majority of the game, I felt like he was very stout this game. Connor McGovern has some trouble with Hargrave and those guys. Tyler Biotis. They're, they're, that Eagles interiors is rough. And yeah. so the Cowboys, they held up good enough there. And Ty, even uh, Tyron, and you mentioned him. I am curious also how they're going to handle him because – he, he is kind of relearning the position and he may need the snaps like uh, they may feel and then how much are they going to practice this week
2: yeah they're, they're, not, they're not having a full practice it's basically going to be and and uh coach mccarthy talked about it today in his monday afternoon press conference it's basically going to be jog through speed yeah yeah because mm-hmm. he's because you walk through yeah because
3: mm-hmm. when you watch tyron like there's some times where he's just completely dominant and then he's then there's sometimes where the second counter that the DM makes is he's still trying to figure things out. So I wonder Hmm. if they think maybe they'll let him play a little bit, still get some reps or whatever this next game, and then continue with their rotation. It's
1: still incredible to me hearing how we're talking about him considering he was out. The majority of this is second week back when your hamstring tears away from the The (laughs) amount of physicality (laughs) that this man has. He's not human. I swear he's a bionic man. Um, It's absolutely incredible. But um, all great points there. Real quick, some offensive stats for you. The Cowboys had 419 total yards, 304 of which were passing. Uh, 115 of which were rushing, which, uh, like we mentioned, most of it came from Dak uh, Prescott. They were averaging 5.8 yards per play. They had. 25 first downs out of a total of 72 plays there. Now, something that I really emphasized today when I went in to go talk to uh, Mike McCarthy in the press conference was the third down efficiency because they were 8 of 15. Keep in mind, this is a team we were talking about weeks ago that were bottom of the totem pole when it came to third down conversions. It was a problem when they were behind the sticks. They couldn't seem to keep up with themselves. And the way this team has really hunkered down to ensure that those third down conversions are being taken care of is incredible to me I mean absolute turnarounds. so love that Um, let's see one interception thrown there time of possession this is something we always talk about here 32 minutes and 18 seconds for the Cowboys and 27 minutes and 42 seconds for the Eagles and so um, again not that that always matters but I think in in the importance of this game it was very relevant that they took control at that time of possession. Yeah, they
2: had and, to go score. Yeah, Sorry. I want to – just in terms of talking to Coach McCarthy about that with the third down, I thought that his answer – he threw in a little nugget in there yeah. as an ancillary part of the answering your question that I found really interesting. And that is we know that the different um, – the assistant coaches focus on different parts of the game plan. So whether yeah. it's passing game coordinator, run game coordinator, but even – even more minutiae than that, uh, Robert Prince, the wide receivers coach, mm-hmm. Coach McCarthy was talking today about him uh, focusing on the third down uh, plays. And this is uh, Prince's first year with the Cowboys. Now, he has a ton of experience in the league. He was with Detroit for years, so mm-hmm. Megatron and all those guys, yeah. Galladay when he was good, you know, so he's got a lot of experience. But the fact that McCarthy was saying, yes, Players like Tyler Smith, as they get more experience, you would think that third-down conversions would improve throughout the season. But also, basically, Robert Prince, you know, new to the staff and new to the players and kind of – feeling his way and so uh, I thought I I enjoyed your question today Jess because it was fun to mine that little nugget out of coach McCarthy's answer yeah and I really
1: like too the how he mentioned that they're playing with confidence and their game plan is finally coming together and I think this is something that you're seeing this is why you're seeing everything just kind of tightening up and I mean you're putting 40 points in a game how is that not a game plan coming together well they're also better on third down because your
3: quarterback's good Mm-hmm. yeah uh, because let's like let's keep it a buck like they they have gotten into fa- unfavorable second second and 15 mm-hmm. second and third how are you in third and 30 I mean so a lot of this third down affair, I totally agree like he definitely is getting on the same page with the receivers you can tell but your quarterback just knows how to extend plays and makes things happen on those third down plays when there's nothing there too so Staying, above, staying um, ahead of the chains is going to continue to help them to convert these third downs and maybe not put so much pressure on the quarterback to convert these third and longs and stuff. But you're also better on third down because you're number four is good yeah. at what he does.
1: I also think we saw a little bit more of Kellen Moore's toolbox during this game. You saw a little flea flicker uh, from Cavante to Dak. And although it didn't uh, work, although it didn't work, look. I I've, I'm all for getting Cavante a little bit more in the mix as far as offensive plays go, but I was like, Kellen, put that back in the toolbox. I don't want to see that. Again. <laughs> don't get
2: cute. And what, it was right after a takeaway, oh, right? It's yes. like, oh man, you had the momentum, yes. and then that was like, oh. It would have worked.
3: worked. It would have worked. It. It, it would have worked in the situation, but I don't know if
2: I would have just. Did I think it. Well, well, when, here's, here's when, what happened afterwards, though. They get in the. That was the fourth and eight. Uh-huh. Thanks to that play, they fall way behind the chains. Yeah. Fourth and eight, just on the other side of midfield, and they decide to go for it. T. Y. Hilton gets the uh, pass, pass interference gets offense. the pass yep. interference penalty, and then ultimately, that's the one where um, uh, Dak hits C. D. on the 36 yard touchdown. So,
1: and I'm <laughs> glad you brought that up because that was going to be the next point of just our last little note about offense was going back to T. Y. Hilton and the veteran experience he brings. He knew how to get that that flag drawn. Well, yeah, that, he it, knew what he was doing when, with when that.
2: You, when you run a precise route. Mm. And the DB knows it. You know, that. Yep. that's the thing. You you um, You um. affect that play, and you can cause a lot of mistakes by the defenders by doing things exactly the right way. And that's one thing that they talk about, T.Y. Hilton, when he was coming in and all those years with the Colts, what a good route runner he was. His
3: savvy it, is important. Mm-hmm. But I, I also, too, listening to his postgame interview – And him talking about his conversation with CD prior to CD catching that corner post route, uh, that corner post route um, TD, is that he went over to him and told him, like, hey, man, like, yourself here differently. Like, don't be so flat here. And yeah. we have been talking about that and just how important that is for a young receiver to have a guy that's able to come to him and be like, hey, come more flat here. Because your quarterback can do it for you. Yeah. But when it's your re- when it's a receiver that has had the, you know, the accolades of T. Y. Hilton, CD's gonna trust that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to have that. I feel like it's important moving forward. And if if T.Y. is going to continue to put that type of tape on film, it's going to help you out offensively. It's going to help out C.D. Lamb. It's going to help out Michael Gallup,
1: Schultz, all that stuff. There you go. Well, there you have it. Welcome to the Dallas Cowboys, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, We're going to take our next break, but coming up, we're talking all about a Cowboys player who had a very public promise last week. Did he talk the talk and walk the walk? We'll find out. (laughs) This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back.
2: Angel Food Slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day.
4: Hmm.
1: Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We have a little soundbite to share with y'all, but first, let's talk about the pro shops because it's only right that the best fans in the whole world get out of this world gear. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys pro shop or log into shop.dallascowboys.com, a fanatics experience, and grab Cowboys Nation worthy hoodies, tees, accessories, and more. Jazzy, hit it.
2: We should
0: not have to talk anymore,
1: We should be about business. We should be about action.
3: Like The film should speak. So I don't really think there's much more talking that
1: needs to be done other than getting the job done. That was J. Ron Curse, who not only talked the talk... He walked the walk, putting a curse on Philadelphia, if you will. Oh okay. Do you okay. like it? Okay. I told you I was ready. Okay, I'm with I don't think one. Christy liked that one. I, y'all didn't catch my Dak the Halls earlier either, but that's okay. I'll, oh I'll let it go. No, no, I have a t-shirt. I have a Dak the Halls t-shirt oh, see? But they did
2: a Christmas theme one several years ago.
1: <laughs> no, no, they did. It's awesome.
2: I'll wear I, it next year.
1: I Please do. You know I love me a good pun, but all that to say, that was J-Ron Curse's locker room interview last week after the loss to the Jaguars who essentially said we're done talking we just have to do it and they did it I mean this defensive performance not perfect by any means but very cleaned up very polished uh from a lot of standpoints keep in mind last week against the Jags the defense gave up over 500 yards this week um about 442 there so some improvement um and it was just exciting to see so kicking it off Jaron Curse, the man of the hour. I'm just so excited for him uh, during this game. So from his interception in the second quarter, Christy, what could you see? Um, how did you see that all playing out? From where you were,
2: uh, the good thing was he didn't go through the receiver. He went over the top of the receiver and avoided the penalty. The I was penalty. worried. Yeah,
3: there you go. Yeah,
2: but and so that was in the first quarter. The third quarter was when he had the fumble uh, recovery. So Kurse accounted for two of the four takeaways. But let me tell you something about J. Ron Curse, and not just that he won the, the game ball, uh, a game ball afterwards for his stellar play. It's just before kickoff. We're waiting for TV network to come out a break. And um, backup wide receiver Zach Pascal is setting up for he's one of the blockers on the kickoff return. So the Eagles are set up on the left side, deep for the kickoff return, and uh, with Pascal, he's at about the 25 yard line, just in front of the Cowboys' bench. He's going to block. Curse is not on not covering the kick, but he's on the left side of the Cowboys' bench, and he is he is chirping. It's it's already started. Game hadn't even kicked off yet, and Curse is get talking with Pascal. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, here we go. This was one of the chippiest games that we've had all year. Um, there really wasn't – I mean, there wasn't a point where, like, the officials – Well, a couple times the officials had play. to come in. They let them play. You yeah. know, it's not like there were fights that they were breaking up. But yeah. there was a lot of chirping Ooh. early and often. And, in fact, I thought Curse – really set the tone and he he kind of stalks the sideline before the game like a tiger in a cage you know oh, kind of I
1: like that, that you know? I, I like she, that and so, so, uh,
2: but usually there's not really talking with the you yeah. know, the guys who are setting up for the block but I'm like oh my gosh here we go game on
1: yeah and I know j somebody that you've been talking about for weeks Aisha what have you noticed as far as a jump from J-Ron maybe from the last few weeks to now or just from the beginning of the season to now what's something you've noticed that he's really polished up and um, kind of figured out these last few weeks well no like to your point Chrissy I think that he is just starting to
3: I think coming back from that injury he still had to get time to get in the field of the game this guy plays a lot of different spots he does a lot for you defensively especially at the line of scrimmage and to take that tick up with the physicality I think he's had one he's had a whole bunch of tackles for loss in his last couple games so felt like he just had to get back in phase you know, I, I I, in coverage, I, I think Dallas Goddard was definitely wheeling and dealing in certain spaces, but he, he in this game, felt like he knew that they had to take the ball away. Yeah. I, I'm, and, and this is my opinion, is that this defense right now was just starting to – they see where they're at. You, Leighton Van Der Esch is at. You got starters out. You got things you're trying to figure out. They understand to take the ball away right now. That's what I felt like is important for this team to keep winning at this point in time. And – you could tell that he came out with the intention to take the ball away. You could see it. You could see it on, like, him and Deron Bland, the way that they were going after these balls. It felt like we need to go make the play right now.
2: Yeah, and I want to mention something because you say Deron Bland. Now, Bland – he is blank, 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 Anything but Bland. Oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I set you up on that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so Deron Deron Bland started. Deron Bland moved from the slot to outside corner in this game. Okay, Kelvin yep. Joseph, he... who was benched in the fourth quarter in Jacksonville the previous Sunday, mm-hmm. Joseph didn't have one snap on defense this week. Okay, important. So to know. so Bland starts out on the outside, and then. um... There were times where – oh, and here's the thing. Trayvon Diggs, who would normally play right corner, he was traveling the whole time. He mm-hmm. was following A.J. Brown except several times when A.J. Brown lined up in the slot. Well, with Deron Bland playing outside, yes, later in – the you know, they were bringing in Mackenzie Alexander, who's mm-hmm. a slot corner, a veteran free agent. They signed and elevated from the practice squad. He played the slot. In Minnesota for uh, several years, but anyway, there were times where J. Ron Curse was on the slot against AJ Brown. Mm. Now, what does that say about J. Ron Curse? His athleticism to be as big as he is, he is such a matchup guy. You, normally, with that kind of size, it'd be uh, great to match him up against the Goddards of the world. It's great against uh, uh, matching up with tight ends, but to be able to take yeah. to trust him to do AJ Brown, yeah. Yep. Wow. I, I think it. that that says so much about what Dan Quinn and, yep. and Al Harris, the defensive backs coach, think about uh, Jaron Kirk. and
1: Jaron? When I talked to him in the locker room last week, I was just asking, you know, your matchup with Dallas Goddard, him returning, um, and, and he said, "Oh, that's my guy. I'm, I'm going to be on him." And so, something that they that he mentioned um, a goal was to keep an eye on was the leaky yardage and the yards after contact. I think they did an incredible job in this game, really concealing that, uh, especially for a big guy like Dallas Goddard. Oh my goodness, I didn't realize how big he was until I saw him him uh, playing there, but I'm so glad you set me up for this whole Duran Bland thing. Uh, Incredible, because another Duran Bland interception, he is the first Cowboys rookie with an interception in back-to-back games since Leighton Van Der Esch in 2018 at Philadelphia, at Atlanta. Those were his back-to-back games, uh, again, back in 2018. So, very exciting to see Duran Bland uh, getting the attention there, and it's so hard for me to remember he's a rookie sometimes with how he's playing, the confidence, the level, I forget he's a rookie, um, but absolutely incredible stuff there, too. Another name I wanted to make sure we mentioned, too, uh, was Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr really had himself a good game. What did you all notice from uh, Anthony Barr?
3: He's just good. He's really good in those short yardage situations. He reads well. um, When he's playing forward, he was able to show off, you know, just some of his his smartness, I guess you want to say, as a linebacker. And he was physical, He's real physical, like to your point, Christy, about just how physical this game was. He was real physical. In this game, I um, felt like he helped you in some key spots uh, during this game.
1: Yeah, you had the uh, forced fumble by Carlos Watkins, recovered by Anthony Barr, to which my mom, she's just getting in on this whole pun thing, too. She told me, uh, no holds bar when that happened. And I said, well, man. Well, now we know where Jess gets it." Oh, yeah. <laughs> actually, Actually, uh, that was... <laughs> it's, I good. Like that. But yeah. it's good. It's good. And she, like she made sure to say... I came up with that myself. And I said, "All right, mom, I'll but give you Micah the credit that for havoc. that."
3: Like we haven't even yep. mentioned Micah, but yep. he, you know, even though I I think Everyone's been looking at him a, under a microscope right now with the pass rush not getting home consistently. He brought a lot of pressure yesterday. He caused havoc in a lot of spots. And in the run game, he was also effective as a linebacker in spots. Yeah. So it was a couple of times he blew Goddard up. Like, he he wanted no parts of having to block Micah. And Goddard, Goddard, to your point, is a big physical guy. He's one of the best tight ends, I think, in the league right now. And yeah. he didn't want no part to do with Micah. So, see. Micah, even with the chase down the chase down that he had uh, against Minshew, I'm excited to just see him yeah. feeling himself. You can see that he felt himself this game, and I, I want him to move forward and continue to play how he is.
1: I was about to say, speaking of guys that didn't want to be around Micah Parsons, uh, Gardner Menchu, Christy, I wanted to ask you, how did Minshew really look, being on the sideline, being that close? How was his play? Because we had talked about Trevor Lawrence last week, how he looked to keep things a little bit fair. How did Minshew look during this game? Did he look good? Did he look accurate? How was that? Oh, yeah, I thought he looked good. Really uh, good it, yeah. y- he lets his guys
2: make plays for him. Now, did he miss a couple of throws? There were a couple that, oh, my gosh, you know that he's just kicking himself. Yeah. Because Philadelphia, the whole game, I mean, you don't make him punt. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know that Philadelphia, they're all like if we it, – it's the same thing that we talk about after the, the Cowboys' losses. If you don't shoot yourself in the foot mm-hmm. with the giveaways and penalties and mistakes, you win the game. So I know they're kicking themselves. And, and Minshew, there were a few that he would like to, to have back. But um, I talked to one of the people in Cowboy scouting before the game, and I was like, what did you have on Minshew before he, you know, came out? And he says – He's just the dude, you yeah. know. He just, he's a gamer. just yeah, magic? whether it's swagger. And this is before the whole stash thing in Jacksonville, <laughs> you know, and just kind of the urban legend that he's created for himself. But just a dude, and um, but but I know there's a few he would like to to have back. But what a what a difference from what we saw in October, you know, taking on yeah. Philadelphia the first time and and not having to. Worry about him in the run game I the think, way that you have to with Jalen Hurts. And, and but but still, what Devont, Devontae and, and AJ both top a hundred receiving rounds? I might rather rounds.
3: deal with me personally. Really, I felt like I felt like Minshew threw the ball like on a super high there, level. There were some, yeah, he, he was, did. He, I mean, he's he's
2: good. He is the dude. I
3: mean, and he's not even though he's a backup. This is an NFL-level quarterback. Like, I understand he's a backup. He chose to go to Philly from from what we were told yeah. because he felt like that was the, was the ideal situation for him. You could see his, in my opinion, you could see his experience just yeah. on full display. He was not rattled by pressure as bad. Like, he had his few moments where he had to get out the pocket, but he stood in there. There were guys with their hands up in his face, and he made throws. Like, some of the yeah. throws he made were clutch. So, I was impressed by him, me personally. No, I, I, think I was,
2: too. I think the main thing is let the guys make the plays, yeah. you know, to give them a chance. Yeah, and they I, did. And, I think, and a lot of these young guys or rookies. There's guys that don't have backups that don't have the same experience. As you yeah. did as a starter and, and setting the world on fire for a while in Jacksonville wouldn't make those passes
1: very similar to what i was talking about with cooper rush last mm-hmm. week i i mm-hmm. said you know uh is there going to be a drop off with menchu? And he said no because uh typically teams will try to find the same version of a quarterback in that backup spot and i think that was on full display with menchu that maybe he can't rpo as well as jalen hurts but it was still there i mean there was still a lot of very similar jalen hurts-esque traits within the offense and you can tell it didn't really shake up the offense to have him in the pocket i mean there was really no drop-off for them, and he played one heck of a game. But before we go, because we always just go over time just a little bit, but um, we're all talking good stuff here. Who gets your flowers for the week for this game? Who wants to go first with this one? Christy. Uh, uh,
3: this
2: is slam dunk. It's Dak for go. offense, and I'll, I'll go with J-Ron on defense. He right. really did set the tone. There we
3: go. Oh, tater tots. We're doing no, this. No, that's okay. We can, yeah, I you know, can. know I'm bad at this. No. Uh, let's see I would go. Dang it, dang it. Dang, you go first. I'm struggling on
1: defense. Uh, either one, either or.
3: Defensively, who would I say? Land. I mean, yeah, but yeah, sure, but <laughs> barnacles. What about offensively? Uh, offensively, I mean, obviously, it would be Dak. Uh, let's say T.Y. All right. And I, because I said C.D. last week, but I'll say T.Y. because the game felt over at that point, in oh, my yeah. opinion. They were up by 10 at that point? No, yes?
1: Yeah, it was so I felt like, solidified. They've been down by 10 twice. So I was like, man, hey, third and 30, we're about to go to the house. There you go. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, oh, man, you you st- you told you took mine. I'm going to go C.D. offensively, Anthony Barr defensively. Okay. And a special shout out to Brett Maher. Thank you, Brett Maher, for your leg, we, of we, course.
2: We so take you for granted, Brett. I'm we sorry really do. That. No,
1: really. I just four had four field
2: goals, four for four.
1: I just had to give a little, a little love to Brett Maher here. I was um, disappointed well. he
2: didn't get the Pro Bowl. I really thought he was really snubbed,
1: did him wrong. Snubbed, They did him wrong. They snubbed, did him wrong. Snubbed. Absolutely snubbed. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately we are to the end of our time ladies as always it's so much fun talking uh, post game with y'all especially when it's a victory Monday it just tastes a little sweeter when it's against the Eagles too I love that
2: and can we give everyone a heads up that we will be here on
1: Friday afternoon after
2: the game Thursday night so we want to make sure that uh, everyone's invited to join us on Friday yes we will
1: be back this week on Friday and we'll be ready to talk all things Cowboys Titans until then we will see you uh, later enjoy the rest of your Victory Monday go uh, go be nice to Eagles fans as nice what? as you can no way I'm sorry that's a bridge too far no I, <laughs> you kill them with kindness you're like I'm sorry you lost but I'm not no. you know no. you be a little bit nicer not to them not with to they talking bye you you be the bigger person with them I'm 5'1 i <laughs> All right. Well, then you be the most obnoxious, annoying Cowboys fan you can possibly be, especially if you have an Eagles fan in your life. Send them a text and let them know that Girls Talk, Boys Talk absolutely promotes your Eagles hate. Until then, have a great rest of your day, Cowboys Nation. Thanks for watching. Girls Talk, Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and we'll talk to you later. Bye.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
1: How about you, Cowboys? Yeah!